Let us pray. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. I pray that we may be able to comprehend what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love. Amen. Now, uh, I have here one metre. And I have here another metre. This is a thermometer or a thermometer. And uh, I mention this because both these English words, a metre, meaning that distance, the standard of length, and a metre, meaning something that measures something, which measures temperature, they both come from the same Greek word, the word metron. And uh, another device that has that exact uh, word metron in is a metronome. You may know these things, they measure time. And when we're measuring time, we also use meter to measure time in poetry. So uh, you may know double, double, toil, and trouble. There are four beats, so that's called tetrameter. Fire, burn, and cauldron, bubble. We can also use meter as a verb, so you can meter something like the water coming to your house, or uh, I like to meter the, meter the electricity with a power meter. Uh, I've also got a multimeter that measures lots of things. And uh, up the back, there's a sound meter that's measuring the how many uh, decibels uh, the amplification's turned up to. In your car, you might have an odometer, a speedometer, a tachometer. And of course, the whole metric system is about uh, measurement, about metering things. So I mention this because the text we uh, heard from Matthew, and I might have that up again if you don't mind, Jamie. The uh, text from Matthew was written originally in the Greek language. And so it's this Greek word, Jamie, might we have a bit of Matthew? Um, it's this Greek word, uh, metron, that appears actually three times in the second verse. So you see there it's talking about uh, the measure you use. So we could translate it by saying, with the meter you meter with, you yourself will be metered. So that's a very uh, clunky translation. Let me tell you how some uh, other ways English Bibles translate this Greek sentence. The measure with which you measure out will be used to measure you. Or with whatever measure you measure, it will be measured to you. Or you'll be measured by the measuring rod you use to measure others. I like that. It's got the measuring rod. You use one measuring rod, that will be used on you. Or the measure you give will be the measure you receive. Or the measure you give will be the measure you get. That last one's from the Revised Standard Version. The measure you give will be the measure you get. So we'd say what you give is what you get. What we give is what we get back. That's, uh, that's how it should be, according to this scripture. But it's not always like that. Uh, for example, in the olden days, when uh, merchants were weighing something like grain, they'd have a set of balances, a set of scales, and they'd put on one side what they were measuring, the grain, and on the other side a standard weight, something like we'd use a kilogram now. But an unscrupulous merchant might have a heavy kilogram in his sack, and so when he's buying the grain, he puts the heavy kilogram on the scales and saying, you haven't given me enough grain, put a bit more on. 
and he'd get more grain when he was buying it. Then he'd swap with the light kilogram when he was selling it. So, sorry, you've got too much grain here. Uh, here's a kilogram of grain. Now, the Bible talks about this. You may be surprised to know. The Bible very severely denounces such double measures. So in Deuteronomy, the book from which we had the other reading, uh, Deuteronomy 25.13 says, don't try to cheat people by having two sets of weights or measures, one to get you more when you are, when you are buying, the other to give, you less, to give less when you are selling. And Proverbs 20.10, differing weights, one for buying and one for selling, and differing measures, both of them are detestable and offensive to the Lord. It's actually very strong language. Having scales or weights that cheat is called abominable. God is really against it. I think it'd be like in a cricket match, we heard about the, the 50 scored uh, just yesterday, if when you were batting, you brought in the boundary rope so it was easy to score runs, and then when the other team was batting, you moved the boundary rope out further out so it made it difficult for them to score runs. You know, that would not be fair. We'd say that's not cricket. And God is for fairness. God is for justice. God is against any form of trickery or deceit or cheating. So I've been talking about double standards applied to very simple physical things like the weight when you're buying some grain or what distance you put a boundary rope. But of course, uh, double standards can be applied much more generally than that. And uh, we talk about people having double standards. They apply one rule to themselves and another rule to other people. It reminds me of my uh, headmaster in high school. He was a chain smoker. He'd smoke all the time. He even smoked at, chain, uh, at uh, the school assembly when he was telling us about the evils of smoking and saying that smoking was forbidden in the school. And he would literally say, don't do as I do, if he was there smoking, do as I say. I'm telling you, don't smoke. He had one standard for himself and quite a different standard for the students. And needless to say, he didn't get a lot of traction with his, um, with his argument. Well, God is against double standards. And this, this verse, which seems to have disappeared, but uh, Matthew 7, 2, we might have back about measurements. Some English Bibles translate it using that word standards. For example, the standard you use for others will be the standard used for you. Or the standard you use for others will be applied to you. Or you will be evaluated by the standard with which you evaluate others. So in brief, this idea is what you give, what you do is then what is reflected back, what you get. Now, why I'm focusing on that particular part of the passage is because I think it's a very general biblical principle. It's like we've got a pair of scales, if you like, a couple of pans, and we can put anything in them, any sort of quantity. The, the measure that's mentioned there is really a placeholder for different things you can, you can put in this equation. So one commentary says the measure can be a scale, a vessel, or a rod used for calculating weight or distance, but it was often used figura figuratively. And let's look at some of the ways this principle, this general principle, is used um, in the Bible. We've come across already several examples on the Sermon on the, on the Mount, which we've been going through uh, in the preaching series. For example, we could put on the balance mercy. Jesus said, Blessed are those who show mercy, that's on the one side, for they shall receive mercy. Or forgiveness. 
Jesus said, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. And that's so important. Jesus put it around the other way as well. He said, if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. And of course, Jesus prayed, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. In Luke, Jesus says, do not condemn and you will not be condemned. And also, give and it will be given you. So we've got this very general principle. What you give is what you get. It applies to mercy, it applies to forgiveness, it applies to condemnation, it applies to generosity. And in this passage, it also applies to judgment. How we judge others will affect how God judges us. So you might just uh, scroll down and look at verse 3. You see there verses 3 to 5, which are a, a very famous uh, illustration to do with a speck of sawdust and a plank. And... Uh, of this, of this uh, illustration, Leon Morris says, Jesus is drawing attention to a curious feature of the human race in which profound ignorance of oneself is so often combined with an arrogant presumption of knowledge about others, especially about their faults. So it's a ridiculously unbalanced example on the scales. Uh, when you look at it, on one side of the scale is this little chip of wood, a splinter, a, a scrap or a twig. It could hardly be met, like, I'd have trouble measuring it with this ruler, okay? It's this tiny little speck that's on one side of the scales. And that's what's in your sibling's eye. And on the other end of the scale is this huge plank, a building beam, something to support um, a floor or a roof. You look up here, it's these building beams supporting the roof. This is the sort of thing we probably have in mind. And again, to measure that with this ruler, I'd have to, you know, it would take a while. It's so ridiculously different. Uh, we've got to laugh at it, the comparisons Jesus is making here about how differently we deal with others compared to how we deal with ourselves. And these are very tangible uh, examples to do with timber. Uh, it may well have come from Jesus' experience in the carpenter shop where the beam was the largest piece of timber that would be used, a building beam, uh, and the, then the smallest little um, fragment of wood would be uh, just a piece of sawdust. Jesus is drawing this huge comparison and pointing out the, uh, the ridiculous idea that we should treat others so differently to how we treat ourselves. It's like we're weighing ourselves against uh, an elephant and weighing our neighbour against a flea. Well, let's um, take a closer look back at the first words in verse 1, uh, which are very stark. Do not judge. And this is perhaps the most blunt and the most difficult of the statements in this passage, do not judge. So I don't want to minimise what it is saying to us, but on the other hand, I don't want us to think it is saying something that it isn't. So it does sound like an absolute prohibition, um, whereas in fact we're making judgments uh, all the time. For example, if I say it's a nice day, um, something I said yesterday, uh, that's making a judgement about the weather. And... Uh, if I um, decide to make a turn at an intersection, I make a judgment that the other car is far enough away that it's not going to hit me. I might go to a show and uh, judge which scone is the best scone and deserves a gold medal among the scones. A judge sits in a court of law and decides uh, on a case. So these sorts of uh, judgments are not what Jesus is talking about here. He's not saying we should never uh, evaluate things. Rather, he's talking about 
the final judgment uh, and whether at the last someone will be declared righteous by God and be saved uh, or be declared unrighteous and be destroyed. That is for God alone to decide. It is not our place to make those decisions. And we heard in the Bible reading from Deuteronomy, God says, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. And in the book of James, there is one lawgiver and judge and one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? So Jesus is not preventing us exercising judgment where it is appropriate, but he is forbidding us to pass that final judgment on the eternal destiny of others, which it's only God's place to do. So let's just unpack this idea a bit further because, as I've said, James uh, in his book writes, there is one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and destroy. There are two parts of this. God is able to destroy. We also heard from Deuteronomy earlier, when I sharpen my flashing sword and my hand grasps it in judgment, I will take vengeance on my adversaries and repay those who hate me. So you and I don't want to be under that judgment, uh, that judgment of God. And we don't have to be under that judgment of God because God, as well as being able to destroy, is able to save. And we also heard from Deuteronomy these words, the Lord will vindicate his people and relent concerning his servants. And whether we're saved and destroyed or destroyed is a matter of whether we put our trust in Jesus or not. But that trust we have in Jesus to be saved will be evident then in the non-judgmental attitude we have to others. Judging is something we need to put behind us if we plan to follow Christ. As James asked, who are you who are you to judge your neighbor? We need to repent of condemning others and believe that God will not condemn us. And if we continue to condemn others, it will show we have not we've really not repented and do not really believe and trust in the gospel. Michael Wilkins puts it this way, if we mercy and forgiveness. Well, let's uh, return again to our um, key verse back in Matthew uh, 7, verse 2, uh, about the measuring. I said it's a very general principle. The meter with which uh, you meter will be the meter applied to you. What you give is what you get. Well, this teaching is so important uh, that it's not only mentioned in, in the book of Matthew. Uh, in the book of Mark, uh, it's expanded on. Consider carefully what you hear, Jesus continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Actually, God is more than fair. He does not just give us back what we merit or deserve. He gives us back even more. God is more than fair. This is amplified again in the book of Luke, where Jesus says, give, and it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For the, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's the measure given back, poured, and running over. God is more than fair when he deals with us. Jesus said, everyone who leaves houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields, for my sake, if we give that, Jesus says, we'll receive a hundred times as much and 
will inherit eternal life. We just give a little, God gives back so much more. It's like we work for an hour and God pays us for a day. It's like we wave someone owing us a few dollars and God waves us owing him tens of thousands of bags of gold. It's like a father playing backyard cricket with his daughter who moves the rope in when she's batting and moves the rope out when he's batting. It's like a headmaster who not only doesn't smoke and tells his students not to, but then goes and picks up their cigarette butts after them behind the toilet blocks. That's the God we have, a God who is more than fair, who is more than just. We should be like this God. We should be like our God. We should give generously. We should forgive endlessly. We should judge graciously. So the meter, our Father in heaven, forgive us our sins as we forgive them that sin against us. Do not condemn us, and by your Spirit give us the strength to not condemn others. Do not judge us in the way we wrongly judge others, but judge us in your mercy, we pray. We ask this in the name of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.